Hey everybody, welcome to Geek This Podcast. I'm your host, David Clements. And today's episode is kind of special, a little longer. I got a chance to sit down and interview Ben Avery, who is a comic book writer and a podcaster and just a really all-around nice guy. And I hope you guys enjoy this interview. As I usually do in uh, conversations with new people on the show, I always like to ask, what are you geeking? What is that one thing that you're really interested in right now? So, here's his answer, and here's the rest of the interview. Thanks for listening. Okay, the main thing right now is the Man of Steel trailer got me so excited about Superman. So I've been watching Superman a lot. Um, I watched Superman the movie. I watched Superman and the Mole Men. watched the big, long documentary that came with Ultimate Collector's Discs uh, set that came out when Superman Returns was released. I've just been really excited about Superman. So yeah. I plan to watch through all the Superman movies, even the ones I'd rather not. I feel bad. I've only watched Superman the movie, and I think that was good enough for me. I don't know that I want to go any further um, with classic Superman. Yeah, you know, that's the thing I realized, though, watching it this time around, is it works best alone. If you stop the story right there and look at it as just a standalone story, I think it works best. I really do. Mm. The sequels kind of, I think the sequels drain some of the power of the first movie. Just okay. because the whole idea is that he's learning what he can do and going through the emotional process of becoming the most powerful person in the world. Mm-hmm. And then what do you do with the most powerful person in the world? You know, you you can't do much. And so the other movies kind of diminish him, I think. I, I really like it. I think it still stands up. Cool. Some people may not have heard of you. I know I I hadn't heard of you until I came across, um, well, I follow um, an artist, Eric Merced, on Twitter, and I think he might have retweeted something of yours or something like that. I mean, it's probably well over a year, year and a half ago. And then I realized that, uh, you know, you're a comic book writer, and that intrigued me. So that's when I started following you. And through that, I found your podcast, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, so how, how did how did you come about uh, figuring out that you wanted to write comic books? Is that something that you've wanted to do since you were little or? Yeah, it, it kind of is. Um, I didn't realize I actually could actually do that beyond like the dreams of a third grader. Uh, until college but like yeah in third fourth fifth grade I wrote and drew comics all the time and I just loved comics I I loved writing them and I loved drawing them and stapling them together and um, you know just that's something since a very young age I've been doing that I I was also writing short stories and I would write Star Trek fan fiction and stuff like that of course it wasn't called Star Trek fan fiction because you know this is kind of pre-internet or not pre-internet but pre- 
um, common use of the Internet. And so fan fiction, I, I had no idea what that was. But you know, I was just writing stories about the characters I liked. And then in college, uh, I was roommates with an artist and we started talking about comics. And I started getting into comics again and reading like Sandman and some of those more mature books and realizing, wow, I, I want to tell some stories in this medium and just started getting involved with people who were doing comics and getting involved in like email groups and stuff like that. And it really kind of turned into uh, we, we had this little community of people and we just kind of decided to do something. And it started out, it turned into more of a hobby at first, but then eventually I started getting contacts with people who were publishing books and I started getting paid to do it. And yeah, so now it's, it's my primary source of income right now. And, uh, that's, that's an unusual thing to have, but I've, I've had an unusual career. I mean, I'm, I'm also making a career doing Christian comics. Mm -hmm. Um, I've done other things as well, but you know, most of my freelance jobs are coming from that, that kind of niche within the niche, you know, Christian stuff within the comic book stuff. So that's, I mean, that's the long and the short of it, I guess, is, <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted to when I was a kid and then sort of realized, oh, I'm, that's kind of silly. And then when I became an adult, I realized, oh, it's not silly. I can do it and have. And so, yeah, Eric also, I mean, Eric and I were part of that kind of those communities together, uh, but he ended up drawing two graphic novels that I wrote. Yeah, that was um, the the Time Flies, right? Yeah, the Time Flies series, and so yeah, I mean we've we've been connected for a while, but that was cool to actually be able to to work on something together like that. Yeah, that that seems really awesome. Although I'd written it long before I even knew who was going to be the artist on it. So oh wow! For him to become the artist was like, oh that's cool. It's Eric. It's someone I know. That's, that's great. Cool. So, just I I kind of look through some of the the books that you've written and it seems the majority of them are you know all ages anybody can read them anybody can just throw their, themselves into that uh, was that was that intentional or was it just kind of a happy accident uh i would say yes to both it <laughs> being intentional and being happy accident um you know a lot of what i do i do that because i have kids and i want to make material that my kids can enjoy um, time flies is definitely an all ages story. Um, armor quest, definitely an all ages type of thing. I've written other things that aren't all ages, like, um, the Oz Wonderland books, um, the kingdoms book that I also did for Zondervan, which is kind of Bible story stuff, but it, it's really more for, you know, tweens and up. It's not, not necessarily something, you know, first and second graders are going to want to get into. Right. Um, and really it comes down to what is the story that needs to be told or the story that I want to tell. And that will determine the audience, like uh, the Christ. I'm doing the life of Christ for one of my publishers right now that I'm working on. And that's not going to be one that little kids are probably going to get into because it's going to be more about the drama and not so much about the the wonder, you know, and that kind of thing. And so it's it's not the Sunday school story. It's the more dramatic um, adaptation of the story. Okay. And, you know, so, it, yeah, it just depends on what – I'm going, you know, what, what story needs, what, what the story needs. And I enjoy all ages stories though, because I like doing the kind of stuff that I grew up on. And, you know, I grew up with super friends and these Saturday morning cartoons and stuff like that. And, 
yeah, so happy accident, yep, and <laughs> intentional, yep. It just depends on which one you're talking about. Yeah, so. that, seem, that seems like a lot of fun. Um, out of all the stories that you've written, um, which you've written quite a few, and um, I actually, I've read probably three quarters of The Hedge Knight 2, which you adapted from mm-hmm. George R. R. Martin, who, who people listening will recognize from Game of Thrones, because I, I, most of my friends love Game of Thrones, and I, I enjoy it too. Um, out of all of those stories, what's your favorite one? What's the one that maybe is the most fond memory that you have? I mean, aside from maybe a couple projects where it was, it literally was just for the paycheck, most of the projects I do because I'm really connected to it. I want to do it, and I want to do it well. And so it's kind of hard to say, well, which one's your favorite, just because I like them all. You know, I, mm-hmm. I wanted to do it. I, I wouldn't have done it otherwise. I wouldn't have spent the time on that or or um, the energy on that. Uh, I will say Time Flies is one of my favorites because I actually got to tell the entire story I intended to tell. It's eight graphic novels long, 150 pages each. Um, and I had the ending clearly in my mind where I wanted to go. There were some changes that I made along the way. But I was I knew this is where it's going. This is the big twist. This is going to be where the main character ends up at the end of the story. This is, you know, and and I love those characters, too. I really enjoyed working with, you know, the characters that I created of, you know, there's a little girl and she gets kidnapped by time traveling flies. And, you know, the little the flies, the one I like the most is the one that uh, most people tend to like the least, I guess. But that's okay. (laughs) Um and so I, I enjoy that. It's it's all mine. I created the characters and you know worked with an artist to come up with the the designs. And so the the visuals are not all you know from my head, but um, but the characters and the storyline were that was mine from start to finish as far as where I wanted to go. Um, Armor Quest is another one like that where I've I really enjoy that one um, because again it's it's a characters that I that I enjoy writing and it's it's. Uh, you know, fun action, exploding dragons, and all that kind of thing. You know, it's knights and swords and and dragons and giant eagles and, and all that kind of thing. So it's just a lot of fun for me. That uh, sounds like it. So those are probably the two I would pull out as being my favorites. But okay, you know, I I love all my children. <laughs> yeah, I just love you all in different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are the two that I hear you talk about the most. So that's kind of where I figured you were going. That's that's really cool. Well, and those are the ones that are the most at the front of my mind, too. I mean, Hedge Knight is a few years old. Um, I haven't worked on that in a long time. We're hoping to get book three started and working on that. But um, I haven't gotten any any information from George about when that's going to happen. Um, you know, Oz Wonderland is something that, uh, you know, when it happens, I'm working on it. And, and it's it's good and I enjoy it. But it's just it's more sporadic and an armor quest I'm working on with the publisher right now to create new stories. And time flies is the one that I want to go back to on my own. The publisher isn't interested in doing, you know, beyond volume eight, but I've got more stories I want to tell. And so that's one that's on the front of my mind a lot is just figuring out how can I get it done? Um, (laughs) basically how can I get it done with no money, (laughs) which is not a a possibility when you're trying to get artists to work on something because you want to compensate them. Um, but it's is that one's on the front of my mind a lot. So okay, 
I think that's really cool that you want to go further, even though the publisher is like, well, I just I'm not interested anymore. No, I was very fortunate, though, that they went through book eight. They they fulfilled their side of the contract and and we finished that first story. I was very fortunate with that. There was a, a little while where I wasn't sure what was going to happen and it was just going to get stopped at, you know, after book six. Mm. And I hate it when TV shows get canceled, you know, after one season, after yeah. I'd gotten interested in it. Exactly. And this was even more frustrating where, oh, this is my story that mm. could be stopped. Oh, no, wait. Yeah. Um, so so kind of going back to um, George Martin, um, how did that come about? Uh, I, I'm curious to know that. I don't care if anybody else is. I think that's cool. <laughs> it, it is. It's actually kind of a cool story. And I've actually had a chance to interact with George a little bit. He took me out for pizza one time and, wow. uh, you know, it, it, he, and he's the guy who convinced me to, to quit my job as a teacher to try and write full time. Um, so I, I, I both blame him and thank him for that. But, uh, yeah, he, the, the hedge night project was, was being, um, th- there was a, a studio called Dable brothers. that was behind that. And there's a whole lot of um, I know there's a lot of, of baggage that goes along with that name for some comic book fans, but they were they were behind that project. They gotten the rights from George to do a series about the Hedge Knight, and they brought in uh, Mike Miller as the artist. And Mike was a friend of mine, and so Mike came in. He was getting ready to work on the project, and he didn't like the script he was having to work with. And so he went to the Dable Brothers and to George and said, "Let's let's." do a tryout because they had not considered any other writer from what I understand other than this, Hmm. this one. And I don't even know who he was. All I know is that they, uh, Mike emailed me one day and said, get this book. It's called legends. It has the hedge Knight in it, get it, read it, and then put together a, I think it was a six page sample script of how you would do the first scene. And you and five other people are doing this. And one of them was the original writer. And then the other was, there was another friend of mine who Mike had contacted and there's some other people. And um, so I did and I sent it in and George looked at them like mine the best because it was the truest to what actually was happening in the book. Um, you know, I, I didn't get the job because I was some amazing writer. It was just because I think mainly because I was true to George's writing. And basically the first scene as it is, as it appears in the Hedge Knight, is is the way. That's the script that I use for my tryout. Um, but I look at my job on the Hedge Knight as, uh, you know, kind of shepherding the story. But it's not my story. It's not my dialogue. And when I add dialogue in, because there wasn't anything there, I was really, really nervous. You know, <laughs> because I'm like, I'm adding dialogue to someone who is a master at writing dialogue. This doesn't seem. Right. But, you know, every script went through George then every page went through George. And then when it was colored, it would go through him again just to make sure that everything was the way it was supposed to be. Because, you know, he's got those details of you know, mm-hmm. people's banners and hair color and eye color and that sort of thing. Yeah. So every every detail went through him and uh, and he he had to approve it. Um, but that's how I, I got the job. And then, you know, I've been in contact with him on and off, you know, about, you know, the second book, uh, cause that's, when we made the jump to Marvel with that Marvel bought Dable brothers contract and reprinted the first book. And then we did the second book through Marvel okay. and now Marvel's let the contract lapse. And so we're hoping 
for some news about um, the third book. We'll see. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's movement, but there's not. You know, it's just I don't know what's going to happen or when. But um, I know there's a fourth book that he's writing right now. And these are kind of this is kind of the the Hobbit stories okay. for Song of Ice and Fire, you know, because they're not as harsh mm-hmm. as Song of Ice and Fire. Uh, and they take place 100 years before that. And so there's little things dropped here and there, you know, that you can find in the in the Dunk and Egg stories. Mm-hmm. And I just love those two characters. I, I love I love those guys. So, yeah, I've. I've really enjoyed it, and you know, I, I picked up book two because my library didn't have book one, um, and so I, at first I was like, okay, I kind of know what's going on here. I can I can get this from the little blip in the in the front of the book, mm-hmm. um, but I've just I I really like that that land of Westeros and and stuff like that, and being a fan of Game of Thrones, I'm I'm picking up those little you know some names that are dropped here right, and there yeah. that you know they're just mentioned and that's it you know you just move on and so so i've definitely been trying to finish this i, I wanted to have it done before i talked to you but um i'm gonna definitely have to go back and read the read book one and i i hope marvel goes through with you know book three and book four that would be really great well i'm i'm pretty i'm i'm almost positive that marvel won't have anything to do with it oh, okay but um the things i have heard have been very exciting it's just you know it's nothing set in stone yet there's no mm-hmm. contracts or anything like that so okay that is actually probably all the questions i have as far as your your career goes which is probably a bummer for you <laughs> uh, that that's what, what you're I... not going to ask about that obscure thing i did that long time ago you it, know you don't hey, even if, know about that? Oh, if, man. If you want to talk about it, this? you go right ahead. <laughs> what kind of penny on operation is this? <laughs> uh, I'm unfunded, so so that's the problem. Well, I don't have the resources, dang it. <laughs> that's podcasting right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's talk about the stuff you want to talk about. You're into podcasting. You're into geek stuff. Let's talk. You know, let's just don't worry about stuff like that. <laughs> that's 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 uh, what do they say? Trifling. Yeah, I think that's what they say. I don't know what they say. I know what I say. Don't worry about it. That's what I say. Who who is they? Who cares? Yeah. Yep. I so I hear you there. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say so. Let's yeah. I mean, <laughs> let's talk about the stuff to talk about because I I enjoy. I mean, everything on your list is stuff that I want to talk about. Except for maybe I don't think Retcon is on there, but no, actually I meant to add that. Um, but that, I guess I think we started that almost. I think almost when we when you sent that email was when we were first starting it. Yeah. What is Retcon? Because um. I, I don't think I've shared it at all um, on on the Geek This Facebook page or anything like that. And I should have. I should have been promoting this. Yeah, interview. I'm offended. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm about to walk off and throw my microphone. <laughs> if I was, if this microphone wasn't mine. <laughs> <laughs> no, Redcon, you know, we started at April 1st. It's a webcomic. And uh, I'm working on it with my friend Bud. Bud and I have been um, business partners and collaborators for uh, you know, a decade now, and we've never actually worked on a project together where it was just, you know, us doing something. He's been my editor. He was the editor of Time Flies. Um, he was the one who brought in Eric. Um, you know, he and so we've had this relationship, a, a professional relationship and friendship for a long time. And I was just talking to him. I said, you know what you need to do, bud? You need to do just a far side type cartoon, only it's 
it's um you know pop culture stuff and and it wouldn't take much time you could do it in your free time and you know we work on it together and so yeah he i mean the the breakdown is kind of that he draws and i write but it really he's doing writing too he's doing editing too and i'm doing some drawing which is <laughs> um right now it's 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 tolerable probably but but yeah it's just one panel things it's called you know our our tagline is uh retconning pop culture one panel at a time and so far so good it's been um one panel you know kind of that far side type style and yeah just making fun of you know doctor who and star trek and superman and all the things we love and uh and then i'm drawing <laughs> my own uh, you know, people, when they find out I do comic books, they usually say, oh, so what did you draw? And I'm like, no, I don't draw. You don't understand. We want people to buy the book. Yeah. So I don't draw. <laughs> but for this, I am drawing a segment that will be appearing periodically on Sundays, which is called um, Blockbusting with Rhett and Connor. And they're, they're movie reviewers. And one of them is just, it's like the two sides of the geek coin. Mm-hmm. One is just the uh, enthusiastic fanboy. And the other one is just the cynical nerd ball, you know, ball of nerd rage, I think is what he, what he was called. But so, you know, I've done two of them, one where they introduce themselves. And, and then just just today, as of this recording today, I don't know when this will be posted, but um, I, they posted their review of of Oblivion, which which I loved, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I wrote that before I saw the movie. Oh, okay. And then said, okay, when I see the movie, we'll see if it actually stands up. And <laughs> and so I did. Yeah. I, I, oh, oh, okay. It works. It works. Uh, but I love yeah, it. it's just a fun little thing that we're doing. Um, you know, web comics are like podcasting. You do it because you want to. You do it because right. you enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And you do it because um, you got passion and not because you're going to be making, you know, $100 million or anything like that. You know, if you're going to do something for free, you better love it. Yeah. And and the other thing for me is, you know, this is a chance for me to write stuff that I'm not getting paid for, but I love writing and it's hard sometimes. I become a little jaded sometimes. Everything I do, I feel like, oh, well, where's the money in it? Mm-hmm. You know, because literally my family's livelihood depends on if I am writing or not. Um, I do have a part-time job that helps, you know, cleaning at our church, but but yeah, I mean, if, if, if I'm not writing, we're not paying the mortgage. Right. And, and I, and this is a chance to, to sit down and, and actually do something creative that is going out there and people are hopefully enjoying it, but that I'm also enjoying myself and just doing it because, you know, I get to have fun doing it. It's a nice change of pace. So, so speaking of that passion and doing stuff that you love, just you know, because you love it. Uh-huh. Let's talk about your podcast, Strangers and Aliens, which is where I think I I, I really kind of got to know who you were uh, as best as I can, you know. Um, so can you explain what Strangers and Aliens is? Yeah, Strangers and Aliens is a podcast that primarily focuses on uh, geek stuff, sci-fi, fantasy, speculative fiction, but we do it as uh, Christians. We're, we're looking at this, and a big part of the conversation is our Christianity. Um, you know, it's not that we're, you know, some episodes we might not even mention, you know, and what about what God would think, you know, or whatever, but it's, you know, people who listen to it are going to know that what they're getting is, you know, the, our opinions, they're getting our, our, uh, 
understanding and they're getting our worldview. You know, as we look at movies, as we watch TV shows, as we talk about comic books and those kind of things, it's coming from that perspective of we believe in Jesus, we believe in God, and we enjoy sci-fi and fantasy. And don't think it's mutually exclusive. Don't think that you can. We believe that actually we enjoy sci-fi and fantasy in a different way because of our faith. Mm -hmm. And I also believe that we look at our faith somewhat in a different way because we enjoy sci-fi and fantasy. And so this is kind of that connecting point, that nexus point. And so we'll do some episodes that are like um, the Seven Deadly Sins series where we look at the sin of wrath in an episode and and what are some examples of wrath in movies and, and TV and, and genre fiction. But we'll also do like our last episode was that we haven't posted yet, but we just recorded. It's called Does It Hold Up? Mm. And it's us just looking at stuff from our childhood and that we've also revisited as an adult. Mm. And so how does it hold up? Um, and, you know, just looking at, okay, G.I. Joe cartoons. <laughs> Don't, you know, <laughs> Superman, the movie, though, that one for me really holds up. It, it actually was better as an adult than, a, than when I watched it as a kid. And, uh, you know, those kind of things. And so it's just a fun way, you know, to, to talk about the things we enjoy. Really, it's a conversation that we would have anyway, mm-hmm. you know, but we just happen to be recording it. Yeah. So it's it's a little yeah. more formal. Yeah. But <laughs> um. So, so how did Strangers and Aliens start, and when did Dr. Jace and Steve come into that? Okay, well, um, I, I don't remember all the, the years and everything like that, but, you know, three, three or so years ago, maybe four, uh, Steve and I, he's, Steve is another person I know through comic book circles and through some of those communities I was talking about, like where I met with Bud and, and Eric. Steve and I uh, were, I think, talking on Twitter, and just said, I said something like, I'd like to do a podcast. And he said something like, let, I would too. And then we said, well, let's just do one. So we did a podcast called the comic book crossover. And it was basically the same kind of thing as what strangers and aliens is only with a focus on comic books. And we recorded two episodes. One was about comic books and one was about avatar, the movie, mm-hmm. um, which Steve hated. And <laughs> I loved, I don't love now, but I right. did. And, you know, we kind of argued about it. But um, we then a third person approached us because that was just kind of it wasn't really working perfectly. A third person approached us and said, I want to do a podcast, too. So we ended up working with him on a, a, a different podcast for a little while. And, you know, after a little while, things didn't work out exactly with that. And so we were we moved on to not be on that podcast, <laughs> but wanted to continue. Meanwhile, um Dr. Jason and I met each other at a film festival, a Christian film festival called the Gideon Media Arts Conference. And we started talking and just talking about the kind of stuff we talk about on Strangers and Aliens. We both love Stargate and we're enjoying Stargate Universe at the time. Uh, we're both fans of Lost and, you know, just fans of a lot of the same things. And he and I were actually originally one of the main reasons why we stayed in contact after the film festival was we wanted to write a novel together. We had this idea at the film festival to do this huge sci-fi epic novel. And we just didn't have the time to work on it, especially when uh, Dr. J started working with a church plant, which takes a lot of your time if you're a pastor and you're planting a new church. But um, in the meantime, having conversations about the sci-fi novel, I, I brought up the idea to him. I, I'd like to do 
a specifically science fiction uh, fantasy podcast, but that you know deals with Christianity the way we're doing. And we brought in Steve because I already had a working relationship with Steve. And then so Jace and Steve are both friends of mine that I've had these conversations with. And so I kind of, you know, I, I was the, the connection between the two of them. Now they're friends, uh, you know, without me. I think that if I were to, you know, drop off the face of the earth, they'd still, you know, be friends and not just, you know, it's not one of those, oh, well, our mutual guy is gone. It's not like uh, George Costanza and Elaine when Seinfeld's <laughs> not around. Right. You know, and they're just like, uh, okay, well, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so we've been doing it for, uh, how long has it been a year now? Well, a year and a half maybe. And we're on episode, I think 61 and we're enjoying ourselves. It's a lot of fun. We've got some new things we want to try doing and, and that, but we're, yeah, we're just really in, enjoying ourselves. And I don't know if we'll ever write that sci-fi novel, but, <laughs> um, because of that sci-fi novel that never happened, we're doing this. So, yeah. Um, Strangers and Aliens really inspired me to to want to do a podcast because because I, I was like, well, what do I like? You know, what do I like talking about? And you know, what's that thing I'm passionate about? And it fits so much with what you guys were doing. And I was like, I'm gonna do that. Unfortunately, for the most part, I've done it solo. But um, you know, I have I have you to thank for the inspiration for this podcast. But I also have you guys to thank. Well, you personally to thank for pointing me in the direction to learn how to podcast um, because I remember hitting you up on Twitter and I was like, so how do you do this thing? <laughs> and, and you gave me a link and I followed that. And uh, I think, I think it was only like two, three months later. I was like, all right, let's pull the trigger on this thing. And you know, now we're sitting here four months later. So, yeah, I, that's the cool thing about podcasting is honestly, almost anyone can do it you just there are a few technological things you need um but even then i guess technically if you just have access to a public library mm-hmm. you could potentially do your own podcast yeah um, i mean the, the quality as far as the sound quality might not be that great but if your content is good if you're talking about interesting things um people some you know not everyone but people tend to look look past the quality yeah you want to do the best you can but at the same time a lot of that just comes down to content. So no, I've been enjoying listening to your podcast and, and, uh, just kind of following it as you were, you started developing it and posting some of the different episodes and stuff like that. So, yeah, but I invited you to our, uh, our big thing next month because I like your podcast, you know, and I knew that you're, you know, you've, you've talked pretty plainly that you're, you're a believer. Mm -hmm. And part of me wondered if, if you would say no, because you weren't, I wasn't sure if you'd want to, um, you know, be involved in something that was pointing you out specifically as being a, a Christian podcast because you, you you are more of a mainstream topic, yeah. you know. But yeah, I was like, oh, I like this. He's pretty outspoken. Let's see if he's interested. And so yeah, that's why I invited you because you got a good podcast going. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I wouldn't have invited you otherwise. So. <laughs> well, I di- I didn't think so. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're, basically it's it's a a theme week that we're doing all together just to get um to get uh, people to know about and to, to find out about other other podcasts that, that you might find interesting. So You said there's like, what, 10? There's 10, yeah. There's 10 podcasts. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm proud to be part of one. <laughs> or, yeah. yeah, part of Only two. one said no. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, then, hunt, hunt them down. 
<laughs> Honestly, he was the one I expected to say no because he's got a much more rigid and, and strict schedule oh, okay. for his, his own podcast. But I was okay. like, I'm going to ask anyway because, <laughs> you know, what can he say? No, he's not right. going to hate me for saying – well, maybe he could. <laughs> he seems like a nice guy, obviously, but um. – all right. So, um, you've, you've said this a few times during multiple episodes of strangers and aliens. And I, I mean, you've actually done an episode about this. Um, but you like Christian sci-fi and fantasy. You like to mm-hmm. find it. Um, how, how does, how is that going? I know you did a, did an episode about a movie called Remember, which I, I need to pick it up because I saw that you said it was on sale. And Yeah, every once in a while it goes on sale for, I think, $10 on a, a website. I can't remember the website, though. Um, I, I do want to make one uh, addition to what you've said. I'm looking for good right. Christian sci-fi yes. and fantasy. Yes. Um, and the reason I'm looking for the good stuff is because so many people do rag on the bad stuff and the bad stuff is out there as someone who has worked, you know, like on Christian comic books as well. The, the bad stuff is out there. The, the cliche the stereotype is, you know, Oh, Christian comics stink or Oh, Christian sci-fi books stink or whatever. Um, and some people say, well, the cliche is there because it's true. I do not necessarily believe that it's true or I should say any less true than it is in any other niche or any other area. There's really bad sci-fi out there, period. Yeah. There's really bad comic books out there, especially comic books that are published by, you know, that are self-published, mm-hmm. period. But there's also bad stuff from the the big companies, you know. Yeah. Um, the reason that when you have a niche – that the bad stuff I think is more visible is because the niche is much smaller. And so what is good, there's a smaller pool that you're pulling from already. So there's not as many, you know, percentage wise, I think it's about the same, but the people who are good, you know, there's fewer numbers and the stuff that's not as good is more visible. And I think that's part of where the cliche comes from. And I think that would come from any niche. I think that would come from, you know, People who are into underwater basket weaving sci-fi, you know, there's going to be bad stuff because it's a small, you know, niche. Um, so yeah, I'm I am looking for uh, good sci-fi and fantasy that that comes from Christian writers. Um, the movie end of things, the search is not going well, and that is because there's not much being made. And you know, we did an episode about where is. Where are the Christian sci-fi movies? Mm-hmm. And a big reason that they aren't being made is they're not – it's a risk. It's a big risk to take. If you're going to make a movie and spend, let's just say, a million dollars, you're going to spend a million dollars to make a movie, and you're going to make it a sci-fi movie, well, yeah. you know, you're you're not going to get your traditional audience that, that is, is there for, you know – that are going to the Christian bookstores to get the the book about the Amish woman who was banished because you know this that the other thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so a Christian sci-fi movie doesn't make financial sense. Um, now, remember is kind of its own special thing. It's a micro-budget movie. It's a sci-fi film made for, I believe it was four thousand dollars. Wow. Um, 
and it's amazing how much they were able to do with how little they had. Uh, I've seen other micro-budget movies. I've seen other um, – have you seen any of the mockbusters, the movies mainly put out by the Asylum? But it's, uh, you know, Battleship I, comes out, and they put out American Battleship. You know? I've, I've seen them, as in I've, I've looked at their cases, uh, yeah. but I've, I'm too scared to watch any of them. Transformers comes out, and it's Transmorphers that yeah. comes out with it. Um, a lot of them are really, really, really bad. Um, in fact, I would say <laughs> I've rented a few of them, especially the uh, – oh, they, they did one called The Hobbit. They had to change oh. the name. Uh, their whole thing was, well, in Indonesia, they found this skeleton and scientists called it a hobbit. <laughs> and so that makes it fair game for us to call our movie The Hobbit. Um, wow. The Tolkien estate did not agree and neither did uh, New Line Cinema or whoever it was that, that's wow. doing The Hobbit movie. It was terrible. It had Teal'c from Stargate in it and it had uh, you know maybe one other person who actually has like a name. But then it's like, just people from Indonesia where they think they filmed it there or something. It's like just random. Let's grab these guys. They fit the profile. You know, they look like what we're looking for. Wow. Oh man, it was bad. <laughs> uh, so I've seen some really bad movies with decent budgets. I mean, that's the thing that frustrates me about a movie like that is you had a budget of say quarter million dollars, a million dollars. And this is what you came up with. Yeah. That's, you should be ashamed of yourself. You know, um, meanwhile, these guys have four thousand mm-hmm. dollars and some of the effects and stuff that they did in their movie. You couldn't tell that they were doing it on that micro budget. That's cool. And they had, um, you know, they were telling me in the in our podcast episode about the Remember movie about how they were getting their costuming and, and all that kind of thing uh, just through these little miracles that would happen where they're like looking for something. And then, oh, there's 13 sweaters that are just the exact sweater we need at Goodwill this week you know and yeah i heard there that last week you know it's that kind of thing and yeah. that's the kind of thing that any filmmaker who is working with a budget of next to nothing you have to have those kind of things it's, it's those serendipity moments so yeah so remember i do recommend um you know it's an independent sci-fi movie and it's got a lot of big ideas and it never as far as the effects and stuff goes never overextends its reach beyond what they can do they they keep it simple they use the sets that they can use they use the effects that they can use and work within that rather than trying to do something that they they weren't you know that they're not going to be able to do right so i was i was really really pleasantly surprised when they contacted me said would you look at our movie you know and maybe talk about it with us and i'm thinking okay (laughs) and then i watch it and i'm like oh i'm actually engaged I'm actually liking this. Oh, there's some big ideas here. There's some cool uh, Christian concepts coming up in this movie. These these ideas and themes and stuff. I'm I'm digging this. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing seeing it. I I haven't, and I feel really bad because I'm like, if it's as good as you say it is, um, I know that I'm missing out, and I want to be able to share that with people. Yeah, I, I, I do, you know, hasten to add it is an independent movie, and so if, if you're wanting Oblivion or if you're wanting um, Cloud Atlas or some of those things where, you know, a million dollars is spent on, you know, a, a two minute segment you know, of the movie, yeah. you're, you're not getting that. Um, 
but definitely this is a, a matter of people taking what they have, making it work and producing uh, a quality product. So, but most of my other searching for sci-fi and fantasy has come, you know, looking at books and reading books and that's where, you know, self-published books, especially that's where people can take risks on their own, mm-hmm. create their book, write their book and, and get it out there. The problem is with self-publishing, it's the same problem with, with Christian sci-fi and fantasy. With self-publishing, there's a lot of bad stuff out there. Yeah. So they have to rise to the top, and that's not easy. So i got to ask you, who is your favorite superhero, although I think I know this, and why? Yeah, there, there's two that are instantly at the front of mind. Um, the, the one, the main one, is Aquaman. I'm a huge Aquaman fan. I love Aquaman. And I, I liked just... Aquaman before it was cool to like Aquaman, man. <laughs> I'm like one of those guys, you know. Is it is it still cool to like Aquaman? Because that's not what I hear. Yeah, I, it is still <laughs> cool to like Aquaman. It's it's been cool ever since Jeff Johns took over with the new Fifty Two. I would have been okay. That. You can like Aquaman because Jeff Johns was writing him. Yeah, and he was writing some fantastic stories. So suddenly it's okay, you know. <laughs> but man, I was like an Aquaman before all the cool kids were, you know, jumping on the bandwagon. But yeah, I, I like the character. I, I like the superhero, but merged with being a you know fantasy royalty, mm-hmm. and you know the under the underwater kingdom of Atlantis, and being the king of Atlantis, and balancing those those two roles. Um, that's one thing I like about the character. I also I realized uh, he he lives in a world where everyone flies. You know, they're swimming, but it's the same thing where, you know, it's just that fantasy world that he lives in underwater. And uh, it's just the different things you can do with that world mm-hmm. where it's it's familiar because everyone's been in a lake. Well, not everyone, but, <laughs> you know, everyone's been in water. And so there's some familiarity there. But at the same time, it's totally foreign and and different. And there's a lot of potential there. And that's the thing with Aquaman is there's so much potential. A lot of times the potential is not reached. Mm. So that's the other superhero, though, is Superman. Mm-hmm. He's always been a favorite ever since I was three and went and saw the movie in the theater. You know, um, The thing with him is I don't read his comics. I don't read regularly anything featuring Superman except for maybe Justice League right now. But I'm only buying Justice League because Aquaman's in it. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I don't like most Superman stories because I feel like they get him wrong. I feel like they have a trouble figuring out what to do with Superman because he's mm. meant to be a good hero, a good yeah. person doing things because it's good, you know? Yeah. And, and I just feel like a lot of people don't have a grasp on, you know, the idea of being a hero because you want to help people. There has to be something more, you know, there yeah. has to be the dark secret. There has to be this, that, or the other thing that's, that's causing him, to to do this but it's a more nefarious motives and superman doesn't need that i think superman is one of those characters that encourages you and when the story is done right encourages you to be a better person by you're not looking at a superhero and saying oh look at that that makes me feel good about the potential that humanity has no mm. superman should make you feel good about the potential you have to better yourself right and yeah, so I, Superman and Aquaman, I, I are definitely my my two top, two top guys. 
And Superman I, I, is edging out Aquaman a little bit right now because of that movie. <laughs> that that trailer's fantastic. Yeah. I'm so excited about Superman. Yeah. I got so I, excited about Superman. I'm watching the Superman movies. I forgot that, what, in two weeks, Iron Man 3 is coming out? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I totally forgot. I'm like, wait, I have to watch <laughs> Iron Man 1 and 2, but, oh, but Superman. Yeah. I I'm, I'm think I'm more stoked for Iron Man because I'm... I grew up a Marvel kid, which I think you did. It sounds like you kind of did. I did, yeah, yeah. did, but, well, in the last episode, I, you know, it's like I said, I think I'm more excited about it now because it's closer. Um, but when when Iron Man's done, I'm going to go, man, that was a great movie, or at least I hope I say that. And then I'm going to move on to Man of Steel, and I know I'm going to be blown away if it's anything like the trailer. Well, that's the thing. I'm holding... Man of Steel up to a higher standard than I hold other movies because yeah. of the potential. Oblivion yeah. I went into and wasn't real impressed with or pleased with, but I go into a movie like that with a, as much of a clean slate as I can and let it be what it's going to be. Man of Steel has to be what I want it to be. <laughs> it can't be Dark Knight. Right. It could be Superman in a Dark Knight world, mm-hmm. but that is the idea of what does someone who wants to do good because he's a good person look like when he's in a world surrounded in darkness, you know? Yeah. And, and, and whereas with Batman, with dark Knight, it's a person who is using the darkness to fight the darkness. And with Superman, it's someone who's using the light to fight the darkness. Yeah. And, and that, at least that's the, my take on it. And that's not the usual take that I get when I'm reading right. stories. Yeah, I I read the first uh, I don't know maybe ten issues of New Fifty New Fifty Two Superman and I, I couldn't get into it. I I really struggled reading those because I guys I, I guess I look at Superman kind of the way you do. Now I have a hard time with Superman because he's Superman and you know uh, his only weakness is Kryptonite. You know. No, but uh, see, that's it. That's not his only weakness. Okay. Superman's weakness is his morality. Oh, that's true. Superman's weakness, the good Superman story is a story that tells you about the conflict that he's having with between his power, between his responsibility, and between his own desires. And and that's, for me, what works about Superman. Like Superman the movie, people complain about the end of it where he just flies around the world and spins it backwards and makes you know time go backwards. Superman is about the emotional Superman. The movie is about that emotional crisis. He comes to where he has to decide, am I going to use my powers to save Lois Lane in a way that my father Jor-El told me not to, or am I going to use my powers the way my father, Jonathan Kent told me to, you've got these powers for a reason. Mm -hmm. And that's for me, what's great about a good Superman story is it has to be a moral crisis. It has to be an emotional crisis crisis um did you see the animated movie they did um superman oh what was it it's one of the more recent ones where there's like this new team appears and they're like you know modern heroes and they're dark and they're killing people and stuff like that and the the whole thing is what's superman gonna do is he going to become like them and he shows what he could be if he did become like them Um, but that was a great story because it's talking about Superman trying to walk that line, you know, his, his weakness is not just kryptonite. Kryptonite is a good storytelling element that they had to bring in. Yeah. But for me, his weakness is his morality and his, his, his choice to live a life worth living. 
and to live a life of morality and goodness and and helping people and being a servant. He's choosing to use his powers to be a servant to the world. That's that's my take. Again. No, I like that. I like that. I'm okay. But I'm they're not they're up. not calling me to write Superman. So like <laughs> they I'm, need to. I may they be off, to. but <laughs> <laughs> um no, I think I'm gonna have to go back and I'm gonna have to just look at look at Superman through that lens because that's always been my problem and I think that's a problem with some people that uh Kryptonite's his only weakness. Um mm-hmm. he's he can't be beat, you know. Yeah. Um that I've just kind of dismissed Superman. You know, I, I like Superman the movie. I'm looking forward to Man of Steel, but that was always hanging over my head. Yeah. Um, well, and that's what I said about Superman the movie. You know, at the end of the movie, he has changed history. He has gone back in time. He has traveled into the past. He is invincible. He has become a god, mm-hmm. basically, at that moment. Where can you go with that story? You know, there's not too much you can do with the Superman story after that. And so then anything after that becomes superfluous. You have to start over. You have to, you know, okay, we have to do another story about him rising, you know, Smallville then. Yeah. So do the Smallville story. Do Man of Steel. Do the cartoon. You know, do another another take on it. But, um, yeah, he easily can become a boring character if you don't if you've written yourself into a corner where there's nowhere you can take him. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 I feel bad. You know, like I, I feel like, uh, I should like Superman more, I, but I, I, or less maybe is the, <laughs> the right way I should go. Um, because I just feel like he's such a, he has such potential mm. and he just never, you know, the writers never reach that potential with him. And I think you'd like him more if they did. I probably would. I probably would. I got so bored. I was like, you know what? I'm I'm not going to read this anymore and I moved on. What's your favorite sci-fi or fantasy or or both ever? Yeah, I think I have to go with Star Trek on that. Yeah, right now I have to go with Star Trek on that. That doesn't surprise me. That might surprise other people. Yeah. Um again, there's just such great potential in those stories and I think they've reached that potential far more. Than like Superman, <laughs> yes. but um, yeah, I I grew up liking it, and I also grew up with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. But I think Star Trek I go to more than I go to Star Wars. If I just have some time, I'm probably more likely to put in. Like if I had uh, all the Star Wars movies on the shelf and all the Star Trek movies on the shelf, I have two hours to kill. Maybe I'm sitting in an airport or something like that, and I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to put um, into my bag to watch on my laptop or something like that. I, I'd probably grab a Star Trek movie before okay. I'd grab a Star Wars one. Cool. So that's that's the franchise that I think is my big go-to franchise and that I enjoy. And I like almost all all of them. All right. Well, Ben, if, if you could take um, a comic, whether it's one of yours, um, let's just go with that. If you, if you could take one of your books that you've written um, and – turn into a movie or a TV show, what would it be? I would love to see Time Flies on the screen. I think that would be a really exciting and fun TV show, Saturday morning cartoon type of thing, or a movie, um, because it has a beginning, middle, and end. Um, Armor Quest, we're actually trying to develop into an animated series. The publisher that is publishing Armor Quest is actually an animation studio, 
cool. and that's why they're publishing armor quests is because they're they've been interested in doing some stuff so we're trying to figure some stuff out um how that works and i've written some scripts for them and stuff like that and we've gone back and forth with different ideas and it's slow going anything like that is slow going especially when it's not like a major uh production company that's, yeah. that's pushing it but even if it was it'd be a three-year process to get an animated movie made so yeah um but yeah i i would love to see time flies on the screen um that's probably the big one that i'd, I'd like to see happen uh you know, I grew up watching a show called Voyagers, which is almost the same concept where it's just, you know, jumping from time to time and, and, and fixing things that go wrong. And that kind of idea works. You know, Quantum Leap did the same kind of thing. You're just going from time leap. to time and you're having adventures in different time periods. And I think it could work as a TV show or or it could work as a as a film. But that's where I would like to. Yeah. If I could take one of my projects that I've worked on, that's the one. That's cool. All right, Ben. Well, um, I appreciate you coming, uh, sitting down at your, your computer and Skyping with me and <laughs> just being geeky because I, I feel like every time, uh, you know, I listen to Strangers and Aliens and it, it seems like every time I interact with you somehow, I come away with something. And where can people find you online? Well, they can find my podcast at strangersandaliens.com. They can find Retcon, the comic, at retcon, R-E-T-C-O-N, comic.com. Um, and they can find me at benavery.com, which is B-E-N-A-V-E-R-Y.com. Those are the three easiest places, and from those places you can find my Twitter and my Facebook and, and all those kind of things. So, All right. Yeah. Well, like I said, I appreciate it. Well, let's do it again sometime. You Absolutely. Know? I mean, there's no reason not to, except right. for if you didn't, don't like me. But <laughs> oh no, I. Well, we just found out, and I may keep this in the episode. I may not, but we just found out that we only live a couple hours from each other. Yeah, yeah. So, both in Indiana. So. Yep. That would be that would be cool to just meet up sometime. So. So yeah, and and uh, you know, if you're doing a topic that you think, oh, I bet Ben would like that. You know, invite me on. I'd Absolutely. love to. Absolutely. We can just geek out about stuff that's not me. It was fun. All right. All right. Well, I will talk to you later, Ben. Okay. Talk to you later, man. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that episode with Ben Avery. I know I enjoyed recording it. And trust me, Ben will be back on sometime uh, whenever we find a discussion that we feel needs his epic brain power. I have no idea what I just said. Alright, folks. Well, thanks so much for listening to Geek This Podcast. If you want to give some feedback on this episode, go to geekthispodcast.com slash episode 8. You can also stop by geekthispodcast.com slash connect to give me feedback about anything. You know, um, yeah, anything. Well, my theme music just ran out, so I'm going to let you guys go. <laughs> Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.